giant robot smashing into other giant robots. This is the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast, where we explore the design, development, and business of great products. I'm your host, Victoria Guido, and with me today is Shayla Zahai, founder of We Take Part, an investment crowdfunding platform that connects eco-conscious investors and green tech entrepreneurs throughout Europe, including European overseas territories. Shayla, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So can you start off? Just tell me a little bit more about We Take Part. We Take Part is a crowd investing platform based in France. We will be connecting eco-conscious investors uh, who could be individuals, but also institutions uh, with startups from the, the green tech ecosystem in France and in Europe. Yeah, we're going to use products uh, such as equities. It could be also bonds, green bonds. So basically, it will be investing in a company in exchange of shares in those startups. Great. And you have a background in financial services. What led you to get the idea to start this platform? Yes. So I come from the the financial services uh, world uh, professionally. So I worked in equity services. So basically, my, my job was to make sure that trades were correctly made and settled in the stock exchange markets. Then I also went to work in the financial uh, management corporate side uh, in banking. I had, uh, like, after some years, a global vision of um, finance management. Uh, That led me to, um, after some time, quit my job and start uh, working for myself as a financial management consultant. So basically, it was uh, financial consulting. And after some time, I um, specialized in working with uh, small companies and startups, helping them um, in financial optimization and also in financial development strategies. And I wanted to do more for those companies after some time. So uh, more than consulting and helping them internally, I wanted to develop tools for them to find more financing solutions than just going to a bank, asking for a loan, for example. Uh, Most of the time, I could see them feeling blocked when they could not, for example, get a a loan from the bank. That led me to develop a crowdfunding solution for them, to help them. Also, the fact that we we chose to target only uh, green tech startups comes from a personal conviction of mine that uh, we should really focus and prioritize climate change solutions right now. And we should, as a society, but also in the economy, focus on sustainable solutions to um, help and contribute actively to um, the decarbonization of the economy in general. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And and can you give me an example of a type of green tech that is being crowdfunded or you want to be crowdfunded on this platform fund? We want to focus on clean tech and climate tech solutions exclusively. A lot of um, competitors and investors right now focus on renewable energy. And of course, this is um, a very important problem. We want to give access to other startups that develop solutions to clean, uh, for example, the atmosphere or oceans and also the earth for agriculture matters. We want to give them access to uh, investments too. 
also to um, include people into the investment process because those subjects, such as, for example, agriculture or transportation, construction solutions, they also are a priority and they really interest people directly. Some matters such as uh, renewable energy, some people understand those matters, but most of them don't, don't feel really connected to those problems because they don't, they, it, they seem like uh, far from their uh, daily preoccupations. So uh, we want to focus on solutions that will directly help people in their day, affect and impact people in their daily uh, solutions. Right. So not only are you kind of democratizing this investment into green energy and green tech, you're also expanding the idea of like, what does that mean? What types of projects are we doing besides just alternative fuels, right? Exactly. It is true that fossil fuels and all those um, high carbon emissions uh, energy industries uh, represent three quarters of the carbon emissions globally. There still is one quarter that we need to transform that needs to be totally yes changed. So we need to go further than that and we need to take part. And that's also the, the reason for the name of, of the company. We need to take part in the, the whole action change plan. Right. And I, I think about that when, when I've talked to my friends about climate change and and how it affects people and the fact that it is already affecting people and that certain neighborhoods and certain communities are taking a disproportionate share of the impact of climate change. Absolutely. I personally come from an island, so I'm from the Caribbean, uh, from an island called Guadeloupe. It's a French territory. In the Caribbean, for example, or South America, as we know, as we see in the media, the consequences of the of global warming and uh, fossil industries are extremely visible, and the impacts are uh, huge. The landscape, for example, is changing dramatically. The air pollution is um, awful. Forests are disappearing. So those are very visible effects. That's also a reason why it was important for us to include green tech solutions from those places because a lot of innovators are from there because they leave the direct consequences that they innovate in those areas. But those territories, unfortunately, are mostly forgotten, even by um, big countries. <laughs> so that's also a reason why uh, someone has to, you know, get interest in them. Right. I can imagine that it's difficult to find capital if you're from that area and you're solving a problem that's not one of the big ones, right? Exactly. Are the projects that you're looking to crowdfund, do they tend to be small? Are they large? Or what's the size projects that they're looking for? So exactly for that reason of accessibility, we uh, decided to, first of all, from an investor point of view, we uh, decided to make the investment ticket to set it to uh, 100 euros. So, but also from a company in funding needs, we decided to also set the, the minimum funding amount to 50,000 euros. So that means that we really want to support early stage companies, which are not necessarily attractive to big investors or banks, uh, which are not profitable yet, but still have good potential of um, development. To, to support the solution because most of them uh, really uh, deserve to be, you know, supported. 
and uh, need to get their product out. Obviously, the aim of uh, our company, of our solution, is to make profit and also to lead investors to make profitable investments. So we will have, um, of course, financial criteria before selecting startups, getting into our, our funding process. Uh, but the main focus will be to give them access to investments that would not be uh, attractive very attractive to to big investors or banks. Mm -hmm. Right. And you just founded this back in April. So in your pre-seed stage, how are you feeling? (laughs) Well, I feel overwhelmed (laughs) because there's a lot of work. You know, this is a good thing that this area of uh, of, uh, operations is, uh, is very regulated. That comes with a lot of paperwork. So... I have to go through this right now before really launching publicly the activities. But in the meantime, I feel very excited because I am personally uh, motivated. The The aim is bigger than making profits. The aim is to contribute to the acceleration of the, the whole process of decarbonization, is also to give uh, more sense uh, more meaning to investment in general, but also to give access to new people to investment. And by that, I mean people who are climate conscious, people who want to make a change, uh, to see uh, direct changes in their environments. Because I know that the cause is greater than me, I'm very excited as well as uh, exhausted. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's good. I think you'll need that passion to keep you going. Have you had anyone tell you that you should consider a nonprofit and why have you decided to make it for profit? Uh, no, so n- no one have told me this <laughs> yet. I guess that's because uh, of my background. I come from finance. My partners or people that I meet because of this project know that I eventually know what I'm doing. <laughs> They're not su- suggesting a nonprofit. Also, I truly uh, believe in making good business. Mm-hmm. I think that this is possible, and I want to be part of uh, those people who make it possible. For a long time, prosperity, economic prosperity, was uh, a synonym of you know just aggressive business and uh, huge industries, globalization, etc. And Now, because of the climate emergency, we understand that something needs to be done. But I think that globally, the system is still scared of making a radical change because of uh, profit's reasons. Hmm. Profit can be made while making a sustainable business. So so I wouldn't even consider non-profit because we need to change the narrative. I think doing good is not going to, to mean uh doing things like being idealistic or uh, following uh you know just a dream we need to make it a reality right and when you're in a for-profit business with a meaningful impact you can focus on making the business work versus trying to find donors or trying to always prove how much you're giving back to the community it it'll make good business sense and i really like that's the path that you're taking exactly Wonderful. What has your process been for validating this idea? Do you interview lots of different people? How do you know that it's the right market fit? 
in the last uh, years, I have seen the the whole uh, narrative change. That is what I was talking about in the way uh, business needs to be made. When I was working in, in banking, uh, I have seen those new uh, standards, ESG standards coming, appearing. I also know that this is going to be a norm very soon. That means that the way we do business is... Uh, really going to change like in reality in 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 corporate practices so first of all uh, this is the right path because literally corporate practices are going to change and are going to align more and more with uh, ESG criteria very soon it will not be possible at all to continue to operate business uh, without sustainable practices Obviously, the way the large groups are going to change and are changing already, and uh, small businesses are going to be built with um, ESG standards in mind too. Another another part of the change is coming from the, the solutions. Are they sustainable? Are they energy efficient? Uh, are they contributing to decarbonization or are they polluting more? Is it possible to fund them because of that? So I think there is a, a whole transformation of the economy and we need to be ready to follow up with the change. And we, 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 need to, we all need to be ready to fund this economy, not only governments, but also um, private and small private institutions, individuals. Also, the green tech ecosystem in general is just exploding. This is a fact, for example, in France, in 2020, we had a number of 800 uh, green tech startups in France. In 2021, those startups uh, increased and the number of startups increased and we could count 1,800 startups just one year after. This ecosystem also is growing uh, massively and uh, the market is there. That's really exciting. And what is the startup community in Paris like? Well, the startup community is is very active in in Paris. France is a a huge generator of uh, of startups, as you may know. Uh, Station F, Station F, is um, the biggest uh, incubator in the world. It is a, a very dynamic ecosystem. Innovations are appearing every day, and uh, friends uh, support its their startups a lot. Yes, it's very dynamic. A lot of things are being are being made, and it's an ecosystem where we know each other, we meet each other, and we know what's need to be done. We talk with each other. So, especially at Station F, where I am not located, but still a lot of meetups are there. A lot of events are, you know, going on there. So this is a place uh, for a startup um, founders to meet and to talk. So we know that a lot of things are going to happen. That's very exciting. Yes, it is really, really it's very encouraging. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. When starting a new project, we understand that you want to make the right choices in technology, features, and investment, but that you don't have all year to do extended research. In just a few weeks, ThoughtBot's discovery sprints deliver a user-centered product journey, a clickable prototype or proof of concept, and key market insights from focused user research. We'll help you to identify the primary user flow, decide which framework should be used to bring it to life, and set a firm estimate on future development efforts. 
Maximize impact and minimize risk with a validated roadmap for your new product. Get started at tbot.io slash sprint. Have you found a lot of people get your idea right away? Do you feel people are excited about your product when you talk to them about it? Yes, that was a very, very uh, surprising <laughs> to me. Everybody I, I talked to uh, was getting the idea very quickly. I haven't met any reservation from people around me or from partners, from people I was approaching uh, business-wise. Well, I think the emergency is such that the climate emergency is uh, such that people get the idea immediately. Also, fundings for now are not uh, enough for uh, the green tech ecosystem. So it is the, the idea of um, a crowd investing platform uh, that targets only green tech is really welcome. So from the, the ecosystem, the fintech ecosystem, but also from potential investors too. That's great. It must make you feel validated that you know you're on the right path. <laughs> yes, this is very helpful to me. Yes. Wonderful. And what's next on your roadmap? What's the, the biggest challenge you see ahead of you? So, yes, the next step for us, uh, once we receive all the uh, green lights to operate on the French and European market, uh, will be to build our investors community. For now, we are waiting for this green light from the uh, financial authorities to start publishing and communicating uh, at a large scale to the public about what we are going to do. So that our next challenge is really to reach out people, to convince them to join us, and also to uh, make uh, sustainable investment uh, understandable and accessible to first-time investors. Do you feel like you have the tools to do that? What do you think is going to be difficult about that process? On that part, I think uh, the most difficult part will be a traditional aspect of the business, mm -hmm. which is competition. The thing is, we need in this particular area, we need currently to face two uh, problems. The first one is the, the greenwashing problem mm. that a lot of companies use. And we are not aligned with uh, those greenwashing practices. And this could be confusing for people because truth is as much as the climate change uh, emergency is real, uh, there is also a trend of um, offering all types of uh, green uh, services and products. So this could be confusing for consumers, for people. The, the first challenge will be to differentiate and really to make people understand that we have sustainability in our core values, but it's also, it's our why. That this is the reason why we're doing this. This is not a greenwashing opportunity for us. Also, yes, in this uh, competition matter, the other thing is that we are not going to focus only on renewable energy. So there is uh, some type of education we need to provide about our products, about the meaning of the solutions and the impacts of the solutions we're going to finance, even when they are not like renewable energy related. Those sound like exciting challenges to work on. <laughs> yes, really. Once all the paperwork is finished. Exactly. So this will be uh, basically uh, marketing 
marketing and communication uh, issues. Wonderful. Why crowdfunding versus regular government funding for these types of projects? It is important to enhance uh, alternative financing solutions because the reality is that most businesses in their early stage will not be financially strong enough to ask for financing solutions such as bank loans, for example. That means that they don't have the enough uh, capital at first to engage in more debts. What they need is to reinforce their capital in an early stage. When the founders, for example, do not have basically the money themselves to fund their own company, calling the crowd to help is a a very good solution to reinforce their capital. So they have more power after that to go for other types of financing solutions, such as like fundraising um, huge amounts uh, from investors, from institutions, or to ask for, for example, um, example, bank loans. They are strong enough then to go for more and to develop their solutions and, and scale up. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm wondering if in your process since April, <laughs> have there been yes. any pivots you had to make where you were going in one direction and then you learned something and decided you needed to go a completely different direction? Yes. To be honest, my first idea was to target startups from the European overseas territories mm. only. So that was my, my first idea. When I did my market study, I discovered that the market was too small. Mm. It was a very interesting market because those startups are far from the countries they are related to. French Caribbean islands are geographically far from, um, you know, the French uh, territory, French uh, country in Europe. They have like some localization barrier, for example, to reach their the national market. And that is the case for any other overseas uh, European territory. So my first idea was to give them access and give them visibility in the national territory because, you know, crowdfunding is uh, an online solution. Mm-hmm. But, well, the market was uh, was too small, for example. So uh, this was not a good path to go. And I had to reevaluate and do another market study because also my main goal was to answer to a environmental need. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And it is interesting how your idea of the market evolves once you really start building something and start getting information about it. I can give you another example of um, a switch of the idea, of the initial idea I had. We wanted to uh, start operating immediately on all Europe. We learned that because of the uh, European regulations of the market, uh, we need to go step by step and country by country. This made us focus first on the French market. And we know now that we will be able to reach the other European ecosystems one by one. Uh, That helped us uh, refine our marketing strategy. Interesting. And So when you started building your product or building the idea and you went country by country, uh, was there a concern about getting too specific to that country or was it easy to you know, build out to a new country once you were ready to move on? 
it's quite easy in the conceptual stage because uh, the European Union has uh, really standardized uh, a lot of um, economic and or financial regulations. So um, we have a, a system of um, like an economic uh, or business passport, which makes it uh, quite easy. But the main problem is uh, is really being able to adapt to different languages, uh, mm-hmm. Spanish, uh, German, or English, or Italian, to adapt to those markets with their specificities, uh, which are linked uh, not only to their language, you know, but those still are uh, marketing uh, aspects. But um, other than that, thanks to the European Union system, it is quite easy to really build a whole European strategy. Right. I feel like we, that should be a part of a, an ad or marketing. Just for European <laughs> it could be. could be, right. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and we understand as well, being an international company, that being able to adapt to different languages does present its own challenges. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. What advice would you give to yourself at the beginning of this project if you could go back in time? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I have been familiar to business for a long time. I come from a, a business uh, men family and uh, also I've been working as a financial management consultant for small companies and startups for some years before. But still, I didn't maybe gathered enough money at first to start with this uh, very capital-consuming business. So I would advise myself to gather like twice the money I had <laughs> before. Uh, even if yeah, we, we found solutions and we are totally equipped, but well, I was maybe I didn't prepare enough capital at first. And also another advice would have been from the start to not forget to sleep because (laughs) this is um, really crucial to maintain a a good health when you start a new project and especially a very energy consuming one. The the health of of your project and of your company also depends on your own health. Wonderful advice. (laughs) Everyone who's working on something they're passionate about should remember that you're 100% right. It's dependent on your own health at first, right? Exactly, exactly. Could be the passion drives you so much that uh, and you know the amount of work you you effectively have to do. So you can really get caught in the amount of work. And but sleep is a very good strategy to keep going. I love sleep. I'm a big fan. My sleep schedule is a little messed up because I was in the Azores last week. Yeah, so the jet lag was uh, big. Yeah, but it it helps me because we're kind of an early riser family anyways. Yeah, I can have time to have my coffee before I start work. Right, I see. (laughs) Yes. Is there any other final takeaways you want to give to our audience? I would ask uh, the people who listen to really, you know, join us uh, as soon as we are ready to launch and to talk about, uh, we take part to their friends and family, also to reach out because we could help understand more uh, what is uh, what we can do, how we can help and how uh, investing and supporting a sustainable business, how important it is. And when it's uh, correctly made, 
and it is profitable. It is profitable for everyone, for uh, the whole society, not only for an economic system. Wonderful. And we'll have that opportunity to include any links or marketing in our show notes. You can subscribe to the show and find notes along with a complete transcript for this episode at giantrobots.fm. If you have questions or comments, email us at hosts at giantrobots.fm. You can find me on Twitter at Victoria's G. This podcast is brought to you by ThoughtBot and produced and edited by Mandy Moore. Thanks for listening. See you next time. This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. ThoughtBot is your expert design and development partner. Let's make your product and team a success.